This episode of Verbal Tap brought to you by NogiBJJGear.com. Use the promotional code VerbalTap15 to get 15% off of your order. Do it! Tis the season where no gee starts to end, maybe for some, never here on this podcast. We're always no gee in the hearts, even though it's presently snow firing in Denver, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier from outside the snow fire. I'm your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing? You're just dealing with fire or just uh, sunny beaches out in L.A. now that it's September? Lots of gender reveal fire, Kev. Wow, that's right. I for- <laughs> I forgot about the gender reveal situation. Um, I so maybe that's what we need to start pushing and grappling. You need to make like a um, gi or no gi reveal. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Are- and then when you do that reveal, then if you could set a whole portion of California on fire, <laughs> just because. You want people to know something that's an antiquated version of constructs, then sure, what the fuck not? Let's fucking party. And I guess the other thing that's kind of weird is, you know, they keep urging us to say, hey, guys, we get it. We know you want to stop the social distancing. If you could not maybe have a giant party, it would be really you had a giant party. Cool. You had a gender reveal. Cool. You burned up half of California. Awesome. Good job, everybody. Totally worth it. I have to tell you this. I don't remember the gender reveals being like a thing until a few years ago. I would like to go back to a simpler time. So there's not much I miss about the Bush presidency, but I feel like he would have made a public address. It was like, hey, no more of these effing gender reveal parties. They're pissing (laughs) me off. But the part that is so weird about this is just why? Like, is it maybe as I say into the microphone trying to become famous, is it just the celebrity moment that if you're having a baby, all eyes are on you and it's like, well, screw it. I've got people watching. Got to do this. So you're bringing up memories of me thinking I vaguely remembered sharing a video the first time I saw a gender reveal thing and I thought it was done with balloons or some dumb bullshit like that. And I said, oh, okay, that's cute. Then you realize that, oh, yeah, there's a weird thing where people are going to realize it's a boy or a girl. And then you almost start to realize some of these gender reveals have videos of parents that certainly wanted one way rather than the other way. And you go, yeah, this could be problematic, especially if that kid gets a hold of that video in 20 years. And we're not even talking about the weird parts if they feel other things or think other things. <laughs> we even, we're yeah. talking about the weird part of looking at it. I'd be like, Dad, what the fuck is this look? So seeing I guess your sister you start crying and breaking down because she finds out she's going to have a brother. It's like, I don't <laughs> need that. I have enough shit to deal with. And the part I watched someone blow up something with a uh, AR-15 and Tannerite rap. I grew up with some, yeah. you know, I grew up a little bit more well-rounded. I think than others. <laughs> Wait, less rounded. How do I describe it? Uh, this was in Virginia. And I remember thinking that's too far. That's simply because they also missed the first shot, which cracked me the fuck up. It's like, hey, if you're going to fire something, get a Tannerite explosion. For those that don't know, it's something that goes boom. It's illegal in a lot of places. (laughs) 
Uh, maybe just hit it with the first shot with your scoped AR-15. But it's like, is this American Sniper? This is the Hollywood pitch, Raph. They were sitting in there with their family. They're like, it's American Sniper meets some fucking basic bitch's gender reveal in a balloon. You're gonna love it. Tune in this summer. We are dealing with four inches of snow after we were raining ash in 100 degree weather. And I would like to say I'm out on global warming. I just now I think it is a hoax. Who, mm. who could have predicted fire snow? Assholes. That's my dog being like, you need to be back in on global warming, Kevin. It's, it's ineffective. Raph, let's get to some fights. I don't know. Yeah. There's so much going on. It's, uh, it's hard to like hone in on a message. But there was some pretty great UFC fights this weekend. I, and to your point, they were a little expeditious. Mm-hmm. As we get there, do not forget. It's already winter. That doesn't mean you need to not go to nogibjjgear.com and get your under-the-gee gear. Some gyms still do the seasonal thing. I realize that might not be as common. That was my gym, right, in Virginia. <laughs> we went from gee to no gee, and I loved it. It was like uh, you know having a summer school type thing. But uh, I do realize that a lot of people just train no gi all the time. People are already getting into prep for the various tournaments coming up. I saw Keith Gregorian out in Josh Luz. You want to dress like the champions? Go to nogibjjgear.com. Enter in verbal tap 15. Raph, any stories we need to hit before we start getting to Alistair Overeem's 40th birthday celebration? Yes, but I want to put a pin on something, which is for a later date, we should revisit hashtag fire snow because that sounds like the sequel to broken arrow or the prequel. Haven't figured it out yet, Uh, but I want it. Genius. We can get John Travolta and Christian Slater back. Wait, I think John Travolta doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. John Travolta dies in that. We can get him back this time. It's an even bigger nuke and an even stealthier plane. Or what are you thinking? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, to your question about continuity, about character deaths, I would just say this. Think about it like this. John Travolta shows up and Christian Slater goes, I thought you were dead. And John Travolta replies, I was, but I'm not. Ain't it cool? Plot taken care of. <laughs> and maybe it's like uh to your point, Christian Slater's now a retired stealth pilot, and he's found out the government's tampering with weather device mechanisms, so he escapes uh, to the mountains of Colorado, where, for the first time, it's being tested. They've got blizzards, they've got fires, and guess who shows up after he does some ayahuasca? Boom. Now it's like a spirit guide movie. It's, hold on, can mm-hmm. I pitch it? It's Broken Arrow yeah. meets Six Sense. You're going to love it. We'll see you in theaters <laughs> next summer. To our audience, I would let you know this, that when I said let's put a bookmark in it, I was merely okay with revisiting it on a later broadcast and going straight to the fights. But it appears Kevin has a full vision <laughs> of where the sequel to Broken Arrow needs to go. You said Broken Arrow, and I couldn't turn it off. Certain things I know. too excited. Uh, listen, my wife walked in on me when I was doing dishes and I looked over and there's Broken Arrow playing on the TV and she goes, why are you watching this? And I was like, you will not change this. This is my happy place right now. 
for the same reason I've watched 21 Bridges four times. Because it's, it's fucking perfect. I watched fa- a lot more of Face Off than I needed to. So rewatchable. Uh, yep. It was right uh, after they had switched, and it's fun. John Travolta, I'm in. <laughs> I don't, something about John Travolta doing Nick Cage really unlocks some things in him and me. I'll tell you that. The overacting Olympics. All right. The fights. What can I tell you? I can remember first and foremost, Brian Kelleher's submission, his guillotine choke was a thing of beauty. Um, I want to reach out to him. I want to pull him on the show at some point. But that was amazing to see. Kev, I do want to go back up to the top, though. And let's talk about, hey, now you're an all-star overream with what was one of the most violent things you could see. And he was getting he. I love this about Overeem. I I feel like it's almost, in part, obviously he's just exquisite. You know, he's been doing this. I don't know how many fights they ended up saying it was. His record officially is forty seven and eighteen, which is just ridiculous from a any perspective you have in fighting. But do you remember a fighter who's better on their knees? than they are standing like it it really does appear as though he's drifted into this old age category where it's like when we're standing it's anyone's game but if i get Mm -hmm. your ass on the ground you are so fucked and it seemed like Mm -hmm. a few takedowns in he was just like oh this is where i shall win this fight and of course cormier called it out well he's like you know he's winning this thing on the ground he's gonna try and do that and i just i cannot think of anything worse than i've been watching a lot of alone so you think about like wolf attacks and bear attacks that's alistair overream with you in ground and pound right okay so maybe we're bypassing the one thing that i thought that was pretty prevalent which is augustus akai was doing a solid job for a little bit in the fight you know it went five rounds here folks the one thing i would maybe think twice about if you're a future fighter for Alistair Overeem is maybe, you know, when you pull guard with him, he's a big guy. He's got some elbows and he knows how to use it. So when Sakai is looking at it, he goes, oh, thank God, I've pulled guard and starts getting elbowed to the point of, is he going to make it that next round? This does not look healthy to the point where when they do finally make the call that the fight is over, he kind of gives that look like, man, I can't believe you're calling this. Why would you do that? We're all on the same page of, no, bro, you were going to lose the decision anyway. This is probably just going to spare, like, geometry, if we're being honest. Like, maybe you're not going to miss some part of the fifth grade that's going to, like, file (laughs) missing footage somewhere. Look, there's a lot of things you can do with all that extra blood. Head on down to Red Cross, donate it there. We just don't need to see someone bleed out right there in the um, center of the octagon when it's sponsored by the U.S. Army. You know, (laughs) if you haven't heard my feelings on how they charge the military for these and then give them press, uh, please tune in to our last live fight companion (laughs) over at the Grappling Hour. You're going to hear more than you probably bargained for. I'm with you. You got to stop that fight. At a certain point, it's like, if you're actually, this is a good barometer. Unless you're a Diaz brother, if your face is covered in more blood than it's not covered, that's a good time to stop the fight. Oh, this is a good moment to bring up. We'll come back to the fights. Have the Diaz brothers. I I don't believe it. 
to uh, what you're I'll alluding to because yeah. we don't get that. It's 2020. We're not going to get good things. And I liked that even the Diaz brothers, it said, uh, you know, Nick, I don't, I think it was Ariel. I don't remember who posted the social media thing, but it's like Nick Diaz poised to come back for a fight in early 2021. It's like, oh, well, if there's anyone I count on to keep a timeline six months from now, it's mm-hmm. one of the Diaz brothers, right? Well, Dana White was asked about this today, and it says Dana White on a potential Nick Diaz return. There's been talking, but there's been talking for years. And I guess a more succinct version that is aligning with what you're saying here, which is, I don't have any expectations whatsoever. <laughs> now, you know, if you have pulled the whatsoever. He would have said it at the phrase, RNC. We know it. If Nate, <laughs> if Nate or Nick Diaz was thinking about fighting, it would have been in his Trump stump speech. Don't forget the only way we could save America is with Trump. Also, Nate Diaz returns to the cage this Saturday, November. What is this weekend? Fuck you guys. Just watch it. It'll be on the mail-in ballots for this coming November 3rd election. Which Diaz brothers should I really try and pay? Can't wait. No no way Dana got that question on there. It was just, mm. it was trust me, already agreed upon. Hashtag look into it. Yeah. Well, okay, so that obviously was another uh, element, and I guess Alistair Overeem was kind of doing that, hey, I'm on the back nine talk. After this, I think he is perfectly content in sticking around and seeing how the heavyweight picture may open up a door for him. 40. That was the part that really... I, so you and I have talked a lot about like how many times Overeem has fought, and... I, I think I knew he was getting older, but for some reason, the 40 thing really got me. When he said, mm-hmm. uh, not bad for 40, it was like, uh-oh. I've heard people make that comment before. To, for reference, LeBron James is 35, everybody. So this this is on the other side of a long, historic, unbelievable career. What are you? What's your prediction? Maybe one more? maybe two more like what do we what do we get out of Alistair Overeem so we can all properly prepare ourselves because truthfully I half expected it here I half expected this was my swan song he gives us that five million dollar smile he's one of the best smiles mm-hmm. in MMA especially post victory just he goes from looking like he will murder you to being like that's the sweetest person I've ever seen in, in real life oh He's the nicest guy who yields a giant hammer in a cage that I've seen. Good for him. Okay. No, I think you're kind of alluding something here, which is, hmm, wouldn't it be good to just kind of call it a day? But like we mentioned, he, I think he wants to see how the heavyweight title picture kind of plays out. So I went back and I looked at his Wikipedia page. And yes, there is no UFC champion next to his name. So he might want to stick around for that. While doing that, I can point out that there is a weird phraseology that is put on his Strikeforce Heavyweight Championship. Kevin, would you like to hear it? Absolutely. It says Strikeforce Heavyweight Championship. One time, first, last, only. So those are semicolons. That are put together. Now, I argue the romantic comedy spinoff to Fire Snow is 100% going to be first, last, only. 
starring Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell. They're back. Mm. They're back. It was okay the first time, but it's way less sad this time, we promise. <laughs> and I think it's just great. Like, I've never seen anything written with that many semicolons to kind of exude the point of, well, it's a very specified amount of time that he held this. So what I would say to you is, yeah, if he's not in that title contention, maybe he would feel it. But <sighs> two wins, Rocky Division, he's a known name. If he puts in one more good performance, it's entirely possible that just because of name alone and the mere fact that they could potentially promote him for years thereafter as a UFC champ, uh, they might keep him around for longer than we're all hoping that he might be. So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how that plays out, Kev. Well, we've arrived at the beautiful point in the podcast where I try and match up someone to fight Derek Lewis. Can't Mm. imagine anyone better than Alistair Overeem. The Black Beast Part 2. Who's going to do the post-fight interview? The beautiful smile or the impending bowel movement description? I coined <laughs> that. Do not steal that, Internet. We see you, BJJE. Mm. Um, are you prepared to... Can I Can I yeah. semicolon move on to Ovin Please, please semicolon and uh, regular colon move on, please. The left hook heard round the spinning headache of Mr. Menafield. This was brutal. I think they, I mean, I guess they call Menafield the judge. Um, we had, you know, we had Anik and Cormier. So sometimes I'm not used to how many facts they throw at us. My UFC commentary brain isn't calibrated to process that information. I'm much more used to say, you know, Joe Rogan just making guttural noises or prophetic points or I'm used to being annoyed by Dom Cruz, uh, or underwhelmed by Paul Felder as I hit my rounded third on all the commentary teams. But Anik and Cormier do unbelievable. Like, there's no weird bisping left turns that take us down a weird path. So this one had a lot of uh, fun facts, but I guess they call Menafield the judge because he doesn't let anything go to the judges. It was like, oh, so it's like an Atlantis set ironic type. Okay, I think I follow. But if you're going to do that, please start singing Isn't It Ironic, John Anik. Like, what are we doing here? You have time. You had time until Ovin St. Brew throws this counter left hook as Menafield's driving in. Here's what I love about Daniel Cormier's calling of the fights. He goes, mm. I was just saying Menafield should be charging in, being more aggressive. Maybe the reason he wasn't is he felt that power. It was just a nice, beautiful, subtle omission of it's a lot effing easier to call the fight from outside the fight than it is to have to deal with Ovin St. Bruce. Bull. Knockout power with that left hook uppercut. I I loved it. Post-COVID, healthy OSP back on the rise. Yeah, it's good for him, man. Uh, super great clip. Super fun. It was just, I mean, not for Alonzo, but for us, the, the judge. It was a very dangerous. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the judge. It's like ten thousand spoons. All you need is a knife. That made me a little concerned was how he fell because he went straight into that little side post or that little side of the octagon. Not a good that position. Made me concerned. Yeah. Not- if anything, that that's the one that made me kind of, uh, I don't want to watch that. And the worst part is, I guess best part for our audience, 
All of that's always on air for me. So when I react to it, my first thought after we do a fight companion is, okay, God, I'm tired. The second thought is, oh, yeah, some of those reactions are going to be, yeah, I definitely reacted pretty funny to that OSP one. Because there's nothing else you can do other than absorb it and say, ah, that man got slept. Oh, you know what I saw? If you try and um, I'm sure I mean, you're married. I'm sure your, your wife can relate. But if if anyone's ever tried to wake me up after I've really been overserved the night before and it's an mm-hmm. early deadline, that's how you look right. You wake up in that mm-hmm. position where you're on your stomach. Just looking around like the world's here to arrest you or kill you. You're not sure which, really, but you know you should just be back to sleep because your body's not ready to process life or information. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like. It was just that don't wake him up. Just don't, like, don't go after yeah. it. And I love you could, now that there's no crowds, you can hear the referee being like, you just got caught, man. Just stay down. Just stay down. You just got caught. You got caught with a left hook. You're okay. Just stay down. Don't move. And you can just hear him go, <laughs> not a great response. It's like, no. he's fine. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rough one to take in, but uh, I mean, it was a good fight. All right. Speaking Maybe of they could fights. change his name to the sober wake up. See, I can be ironic too. Mike, I'm sorry, Michelle Padilla was dangerous. He got a super solid rear naked choke to finish off what was already a fun fight. No, not well. a super solid. Not a super solid rear naked Okay, I actually have a question about this because yeah. if you didn't see it, Perea beat the ever-living shit out of Imadev. It was like what we wish we could do to Russians back when we had a spine. This mm. was a real ass whooping from start to finish. He was... He was cocky about it. He was throwing some things across. Like, he was already hiding his hands in round one. Really beating the shit out of him. Wraps up the world's quickest RNC. I didn't see a tap. There was a tap, or was it just like a ref's discretion? Trust me, you're choked out. I think it was that ref's discretion, because I do remember having a moment where I go, I don't think he's tapping, but... I think you were going to lose too. So, oh, he was long. the fight was over. He was another person no. that had less surface area covered in skin than blood. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I think the UFC needs to be like we're adopting it now. We're calling it the mm-hmm. blood sport rule. We're going to mm-hmm. call it, we're going to name it after who was the Jean-Claude Van Damme guy's friend, Frank something. Same guy, the yeah. boy from Revenge of the Nerds. I'll, yeah. I'll on it. Frank, like, Frank Dukes or something. Um, he was not looking good in this fight. Imadev, not not Jean-Claude Van Damme's partner. He was obviously not right. a member. But no. Perea was beating the ever-living shit out of him. Clearly had won the fight. And didn't seem really that worried he hadn't knocked him out because of he. I, I don't like it when people are having that much fun beating the shit out of someone. It makes me nervous. Yes. Uh, I think you were referring to the gentleman known as Ray Jackson. Thank in that you. Movie. Frank Dukes That's is JCD's. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. 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 So, yes. Uh, here's some other fun stuff to consider though. This fight night was a mess in the regard that, it just totally got reshaped 
in maybe 48 hours worth and then again in 24 hours worth. It was hard to see something consistent stick the entire time in terms of an opponent. I felt bad for almost everybody involved. By the end of the night, there were only seven fights. So, yes, we did seven fights in three hours and 30 minutes. And I have to say, it's kind of glorious. Now, I'm not saying we have to do that every single time. Oh, you know, fuck off. I've been on this corner for months. I'm and I'm trying right. to help you on this because... I feel like major pay-per-views should still be the standard. I think 13 is fine for those. But every once in a while, it is kind of nice that we do one of these. I just feel, Kev, the reason they do it is because it is probably the most cost-benefit way of putting on new programming on sports channels that thrive on constant new shit to be put on it. Well, fair, but sports channels being used loosely because was this on mm-hmm. their live or was this, I thought this was a Fight Plus one. Uh, I can't even tell anymore. I guess it's all blending channels. together. I don't need to get on my high horse. It's still a channel. You're you're right. But I, yeah. I watched it, obviously, via the ESPN Plus app. And um, here is basically you have Perea Amadev, but – Thank God for some early submissions, because otherwise we're talking seven fights in about five and a half hours, because if we're just going off how they the first fight took 39 minutes into the Mm. broadcast before we were done. That was only a 15 minute fight. The next fight, we were at an hour 20 by the time we were done. We are not averaging a crisp pace here. Thank you to Mooney's who decided to arm bar the shit out of Fabinski after a pretty slick did you see that that triangle setup followed by the i love those because uh i guess as someone who frequently there's no position i think i hate more than being triangled Mm -hmm. just because it really upsets everything about my spine and neck i just i I hate it so much and to see him transition to it to that arm bar poor fabinski was like i'm for tab skiing out can you please stop this? And the ref's like, wait, what's he doing? Is he tapping? I thought he was playing. I thought he was just playing some thigh drums. No. Okay. He's tapping. That was a pretty, that was a pretty slick arm bar from uh, Mooney's dug it outdone yeah. by the fight you already called, which was the Kelleher guillotine. That was, that was sick. That was yeah. sick. And it was fast. Oh, actually, I think that was the guy who was fighting the judge. Sorry, Menafield. <laughs> I think I got that fucked up. Now that I look at the card, everybody's like, oh, my God, ref's got to hire better talent. <laughs> um, then the two fights before that are decisions. One goes to Arojo, pretty good fight. The other goes to Asur, again, pretty good fight, but two pretty um, like big wrestling matches, pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah, missed decisions. Otherwise, good night of fights. I'm not going to call it as crisp as as you would, but there was few things I enjoyed more than when we were either on Fox or ESPN and we did the four badass fights in a night. And it was mm-hmm. just four fights, two hours. Well, here's something you should know. This was the lowest amount of fights on a regular telecast for the UFC since 2005 which coincidentally was diaz 
versus Diego Sanchez. So that tells you how long it's been since they've only had just seven. Of course, they had the one main, hey, we're premiering on Fox and oopsie daisy. I guess someone got knocked out for their premiere with Juju Dos Santos and Cain Velasquez. However, it is worth noting they don't try to do that. And yet it wasn't bad, especially nobody was happier than my wife. I probably should also mention this, Kevin. I did kind of promise something and I only did realize that now. I don't know if you saw a certain friend of the podcast who was recently discovered to have something on his head. Hmm? Um, I'm going to send you a photo here. And I think it's important that you figure out just what the fuck is happening here. Because as Jared Dell, friend of the show, has pointed out, this is very disappointing to hear for the follically challenged Kev. Because I got so, super distracted by Bellator's next fight, which is only six fights. So someone's been listening to the podcast. Hey, bring us on, Bellator. You know, quickly, I will spice up your commentary. I have way too many comments about the UFC not to be on. But they have Loyota Machida. They have Kat Zingano, Colorado's favorite. And you have sent me a photo. Let me find this photo. For, oh my God, I actually did see this photo. And I didn't realize he was either on the Tom Brady or LeBron treatment. I kind of always assumed, well, actually, Raf, do you mind if I mute you? Go right ahead. Apologies. Um, to fully describe this photo, I have to bring on the dinosaur lover, host of the Boneyard, greatest fighter of all time, and now no longer phallically challenged Canada's own George's St. Pierre. Champ, how you doing, sir? Oh, hold on. Ole, I can't even sing the song because uh, I have so much hair to you shampoo. You look like a boy band member. When did you learn oh. to grow <laughs> hair? I thought you couldn't. You've been voluntarily shaving it or what happened? So it turns out GSP has to concentrate very much. And I sat in uh, in chair for like uh, three hours, and uh, I just thought, okay, grow and grow and grow, and I just grew another hair right there. Power of the mind. There's a Thirty Rock mm, quote mm. when Jack Donaghy says he's a quarter inch taller, just pure willpower. That's how you grew this beautiful mohawk you didn't steal it from like a dead person or something i don't mean to hey i'd take a ligament from one in a heartbeat i mean i thought that's kind of what happened here no but when i slept uh in my sleep i had a uh, doctor that showed up one morning he was uh touching my head now come to think of it uh no i don't think that had anything to do with anything but uh yeah it, what do you think of my hair? Should I grow a longer, like a quarantine hair? Should I go ippy? <laughs> I think you have one-fifth of the average daily growth, but it's definitely enough to get in Giselle Bunchen's DMs. So maybe you should uh, think of it like... Would not be the there? first time for GSP, elbow, elbow, at guest. <laughs> I, I will say I think you're way more ready to host the Boneyard 2 on Discovery this coming fall. No, uh, er, 
you would have to clear that with GSP's uh, management. GSP does not look at calendar, so probably. All right. Well, I'm no closer to understanding why you were bald for so long and now you have hair. But I do appreciate you obviously answering our, our press request to come on again. I will always make time for you. That is uh, but, fundamentally untrue. You have rejected us for like 18 months, I guess, like your head used to reject hair growth. Similar in that vein. True. But I will always make time for you when it is convenient to me. So before I sign off, I have a uh, new joke. Uh, so okay. uh, ask me how to pronounce uh, GSP de now. Um, how do you pronounce GSP de now? George St. Pierre. <laughs> George St. Pierre. Get it? Because I am GSP, but GSP is short for George St. Pierre. And I took that and I, I added my own spin to it. It is called a pun. Yeah, I, no, I get him. Yeah. I'm, I'm what I did him. was I sprinkled a little bit of that GSP uh, hilarity. And now it's GSP Air. Uh -huh. Well, now I'm going to go back to my co-host's uh, dead air. <laughs> hey, see, I can do it too. Uh, thank you, champ, for swinging by. Ole, 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 ole. GSP has hair now. It's a beautiful faux hawk. I don't know why you, you chose the haircut of um, the Backstreet Boys after they were successful, but GSP, ladies and gentlemen, Canada's own and now proud owner of a very small faux hawk with a nice high fade. If you're looking for that look, you can find it at your barber. It's called faux hawk with a very... Nice face. <laughs> it's got a nice undercut. Um, Raph, I'm, I'm bringing you back on. I'm You and I have maybe worked on things the most when it comes to how do people regrow hair, right? Why is LeBron all of a sudden have a front hairline? Science is amazing. Science is, is really great if you're into that sort of thing. If you're um, on the Gary Tonin masks don't work, then I don't think you should be allowed to use Roman.com. But if you think... Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some use to it. GSP's got hair, and so can you. Mm -hmm. Well, it, actually, I'm curious. Can I take another quick um, pop culture sojourn here? Yes. So The Office season one, Steve Carell looks like he needs plugs mm. or has them in. Yeah. By season two and post-40-year-old virgin fame as we hit season three, it's, it's all filling in. That's science, right? So let me tell you, I always tell people, listen, I don't know about your business. I don't know if you need plugs. I don't know if you need anything in your life. But if you do, go find the person who did Steve Carell's hair because that person should be given a Nobel Peace Prize because that second season of The Office, when he walked in, that's the biggest version of a sitcom. Who is that? What? That's a true leading comedic man. Give that man all of the money, please. Because it was struggling in that first season. And I just, I look at it with awe and reverence. And I think to myself, 
you know what? The person who did Steve Carell's hair in between season one and two, that's how we ended up on the moon, kids. I know some of you don't believe it, but if you can believe in the technology that made that hair happen, you can believe that we, yes, motherfucking went to the moon. 50 bucks says it's it's NASA-level technology, I guess we would oh, call man, it. Um, so good. And I wish the children totally understand because they might see that and not truly know that we were all concerned for Steve Carell. We didn't know he was going to be as big as he is now. Yeah, sure. All you kids who watch The Office now, you weren't there season one. You didn't live through those six weird ass episodes that we said, eh, maybe there's something here we'll have to see. Or you didn't live through the original Office on the BBC where you said, 12 of these? That's it? And we're done? And then when you got to the American version, they made the same goddamn episode, one of that season that they did in the British one. So we went through a lot. But then when the 40-year-old virgin hit, we said, Steve, we think something's here for you, but there's one missing element. And Steve Carell, in all of his earnestness, says, well, what is it? And they go, just, we got to fix your fucking hair, bro. Thanks. Like, if your hair's there, we will get you to an Oscar nomination. We promise you. And we fucking delivered. And that's how we went to the moon. Period. And you know who both? have one fucking stellar hairline the host mm. of this show that's all i'm gonna say raf you and i don't need roman not right now mm. not, not until no. the stress of 2020 really gets to me i will tell you though i feel like i've been oscillating between every morning looking at my giant head with all this ridiculous hair and saying is today the day i go cut this off because my head is not shaped for long hair. Oh, I love and your I have, hair. I'm way on the oh, other side. You already know my feelings on that, though. Sincerely I got a disagree. note from my best friend, Bobby, who has known me for 30 plus years. And he saw me doing one of the fight companions. And he goes, bro, I love your hair. And I go, dude, I was literally just looking at going to a barber right now. And he goes, no, bro. Bro, you gotta fucking keep it, man. And I go, why? He goes, Bobby's right, and so am I. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though? I feel like we're at a place where other people could say, and my very nice and kind uh, high school teacher saw me put up a post that said, I think I should get rid of it. And she goes, When else can you have a man bun? And I go, I don't know that people really are seeing how giant my head is. With the combination of the giant hair, like when I have gone to train, I look like I am wearing a wig and that it like got shaken out. Like we're talking James Brown coked out of his mind, <laughs> really bad hair. And there's nothing I can do but apologize to the people near me and just go, I'm very sorry. This is just what happens when I don't get to style it and I'm training. So, you know, that's where we're at. Well, I, uh, you know where I'm at. I'm also, let it grow. Let me just point this out. And this is something that I know a lot of you have had to deal with, with regular size heads where you've grown it a little bit and it's a different world to you guys, but I've never had to brush hair out of my face and I've never known what that's like. But when I have done some boxing training and I have boxing gloves on and I'm punching things and then all of a sudden I have to go, excuse me, I feel like every 90s surf movie ever where I have to go, hold on, uh, and then just whip it back. And I go, who the 
fuck am I? Corona! And then I just kind of cry. Yeah, it's definitely not helping that I was just watching the original Point Break, but, you know, I, I support you. Let it grow, bro. To be fair, it's always helping when you watch that movie, so I'm not really going to chastise you for that. Are you watching it now because they have the new Keanu movie with the whole Bill and the Ted? Cannot wait. Waiting to waiting to go home before I watch that. I have to watch that with my father based off of mm. history. Um, as audience members might know, we had a goat, na- goat named Rufus at one point because <laughs> we love those movies so much. We'll be watching it at home. Raph, I will also not be watching this weekend. Well, I might. We'll see. At UFC Apex Las Vegas. Michelle Watterson is fighting Angela Hill for what feels like the 87th time, but that can't be right. No, it's not. <laughs> this card, yeah. I'm trying to get excited about this card, and I'm I'm not doing great, but there is a UFC fight coming up. Mm-hmm. It currently has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve fights scheduled for September oh, I counted- 12, 2020. I thought it was... 13 hold on was that because i count five there six seven eight nine, 12, probably, 12 fights yeah they probably already lost one due, well it's because underneath that it says announced bouts and there's like one that you go are you slotting it in here or are you trying to make up for lost time with some of the other shit so i really don't know but yes so from 3 have, to well, 10 p.m five. if you've got the time you'll, you'll be able to watch a fight every 30 to 46 minutes pending <laughs> If we have some first-round knockouts, as opposed to the night before when Bellator has got a crisp six, including Loyota Machida, who rarely makes it out of the second round, win or lose. <laughs> but I am excited about watching Michelle Watterson, the karate hottie, always fun. Angela Hill, just a brutal opponent every time. You get some good action in Vegas. Watterson's plus 110. So if, you, if you're a karate hottie fan and you think, hey, Now's the time to try and make a little bit of money. You can make just a little bit off of a bet for the Watterson. The other, there was one other thing. What was the other thing, Raph? Well, I can tell you what it is. Thank God. Verbal Tap Legals, just one of them just slammed their head to the desk and was like, I fucking hate Kevin. I can see right, it. Can. <laughs> can I tell you that over. The social medias, there's been some more back and forth between Andre Galvo and Gordon Ryan. Ooh, now, that's not even what I was counting. I was actually thinking of Dana White's contender series, but this is more fun. Go to that. Yeah. Oh, Dana White's contender series. There's a kid. Uh, I forget what his name is. Rodriguez. Is it Dorak Rodriguez? I don't really know. That dude is amazing. He got an amazing triangle. I need to set up an interview with him. Because when they were showing him his highlights of getting this super sweet triangle choke, he, in talking to Laura Sanko, goes, oh, hey, I remember that. That's me. Oh, yeah, that was cool. I want to do that. Oh, that was great. Yeah, no, I won that. I did that. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So, yay. So that kind of person always uh, does well for our, our kind of style of interviews. So, yes, I am looking to book him. Anyway, Kev, would you believe over the weekend – Apparently, you know, when Mo did a question and answer on ADCC 2021 questions, one of the things he was asked about, uh, aside from his glaring non-care of what some people do. His for criteria for attending his event. 
<laughs> what some people do for a living, which I guess couldn't fall on his radar anywhere, is he was asked, hey, um, is Gordon and Andre going to happen? Because that's supposed to be the next thing. You know, the person who won the oh, last one takes I on remember. the main person. I because especially there was this is why Galvan was skirting Gordon Ryan. And instead of being like, I hate him. Galvan was like, you want a shot at the title? Earn it. It was a real uh, Rocky Apollo moment. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He earned it. Gordon McDumbfuck did earn it. So I thought he you lost have to Felipe to Pena in the... No, he ended up... Uh, it was Buchecha and Gordon in the finals at ADCC 2019 of the Absolute. The person who wins the Absolute... That's gets the opportunity right he lost his weight back. class now i'm back yes i'm sorry sue so, does not get the opportunity to go gordon gets the opportunity to go the so the big question is andre galvo who is going to be i guess 40 or 41 next year i don't even know any they just keep 40 changing. year old grappler comes full circle sue so, over the weekend apparently gordon probably catching wind of Mo's reaction to that question, which is I'm really hoping we can make that one happen because we've been talking with Andre and I think it's going to happen, but I don't know. It's really on Andre. I don't know if he wants to do it because Andre could retire and thereby deny Gordon the match he has been dying to have so that he can shut the rest of you fucking up. So Gordon does what he does, which is just instigate and spew whatever nonsense he wants to do. Andre somehow gets sucked into this world this time because Gordon puts up a bet that says, I will bet you one million of my dollars against 500,000 of your dollars in a no time limit sub only match. And it does look like Andre does commit to it in the comment section. So that was where I left it. Now, normally, I don't even follow Gord on Instagram, but I will do it right now to just see where we left off because I choose to have a brain and to not essentially get sucked in. So let's see what it says. Well, essentially Gordon's been saying that he has more submissions in this year than Andre does in all of his years of being a black belt since 2005. So Galvo responded this morning and said, I'm waiting on Mo ADCC commission. I don't feel any pressure about it. I'm a businessman. If they don't want to pay me, what can I do? I, I don't even know. I'm just waiting to see what response is. So it does seem like, yep, Gordon's getting brought in by Gordon getting trolled. He also has a video of him having a crown put on him. And it says, yeah, I'm just waiting for the official response over on this side. I'm just thinking to myself here, Kev, what is your response to all of that? Just hearing it. First, Galmo has been doing a pretty expert level job, I don't think on purpose, of accidentally trolling Gordon Ryan. But the second part of this is, 
why yeah, I all I want him to do is pedally retire. <laughs> be like not gonna be there. Find somebody else to fight him. I did see that Gordon's also been asking if he can fight in the brackets in addition mm-hmm. to the super fight, which sort of says, I don't know, a little bit more about how unprestigious the super fight has become. But it is a problem that I'm sure the very savvy Mo will be able to solve, which is your fighters don't give a flying fuck about your super fight. Just as a heads up, the fact that Gordon is now trying to lure him in with one million of his own dollars, which does give me a little pause of like, oh man, are we paying Gordon Ryan too much money to take mm-hmm. on a uh, different, but Hey, could you help your pal Gary out? Because he seems like he is two seconds away from living the impoverished homeless life based off of his social media feed. Um, So there's some things that don't quite line up about this. It's like, wait, is Gordon richer than Gary? What the fuck has Gary been doing? I mean, yes, but, but I love your idea of equating this to whenever the Republicans go against Democratic cities and they go, well, look at their cities. And they show videos of homelessness and trash. I like that you're like, if Gordon's so rich, why does Gary live like this? If you could bet a million dollars, could we get a little less woe is me because my gym clothes? Like, suck off. A lot of us are not dealing with that kind of functional income, which makes me think maybe there's a little greed involved in there. Really, woe is me bullshit. I think you're going that way. I think my main uh, point of argument for Gary's let's make sure he's okay is just look at his hair. You know, is he wearing the sweatband to, to kind of hide is he the crazy shitty guitar videos and playing them <laughs> online? I feel like I ended a relationship with him and I can't for the life of me. Remember dating is basically how it feels. That's fair. Um, he got the unfollow. So he's, he's out on the, I was like, I don't think I need his fan page in my life anymore. Maybe I got too mature. Maybe um, <sighs> he got too bitter. But I, I'm, I'm just subtly, completely thrown off. It's like, are you going to have to take like a Houston Rockets owner-like loan to support that? But a million against 500K feels like a lot of money for grapplers to be throwing around each other. I don't know, man. I can just tell you this. <sighs> Masks killed jujitsu, Raph. They killed <laughs> it. The virus I... is made up. We did yep. it all so we could fuck Gary's stupid gym. That's why we did <laughs> so, it. Here's what I would say to all of that. I would say I can't believe this is where we come back to every time. Like we did this several months ago. It was one of the first times I got to talk with Star-Lord. And Josh was saying that he secured 300000 for a, a thing that would have gone to charity as constructed by Gordon and Andre Galvo in comment sections everywhere. And I think there is interest by an audience here. It's just, it's kind of silly in the sense that you say, oh, okay, maybe we're so bored, this is where we're at. I don't know why we always have to keep doing this prize fight bet, put up your own money thing, because it sounds like we're trying to jumpstart the economy to grappling that doesn't exist like i don't know how many times you hear ufc fighters betting their purse oh wait it's never but yet to get more people interested 
we're now getting to the I challenge you for one million dollars. It's like, okay, (laughs) I I get the commitment here. It does seem excessive and truly great sense of self here. And if people are going to get interested over that, then sure, why not? I just think to myself, you don't have a game co-partner in this dance in Andre Galvo. He just doesn't seem interested in these antics. And for him, there does seem to be an integrity in terms of, I want you to earn your shot. And then Gordon does earn a shot. And it's like, well, you know, Andre, you kind of have to give him that super fight now. And the hard part for Andre is he's like, I have to do dick because I've won a whole bunch and I've been winning for a long time. So do you have to give him the satisfaction of the match? I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of thing to that that means something to Andre Galvo. But to the rest of us, it, is funny. it just means that Gordon's going to sit there for years and say what a pussy that Andre Galvo was comparatively. So we're at a weird conundrum. And at my perspective, just fucking do it or don't is really where I'm at. I just I want to be done with it so we can maybe be moving on to whatever the next thing is. Because as it stands, this is just really absurd to see happening in the comment sections. And it just always makes me wonder when they see all of these other sports accelerating in such hilarious and amazing ways. When I go, oh, yes, two of the top professionals in our sport decided to have their Super Bowl because they were talking shit on Instagram cool story and that'll round third for us tonight here at verbal tap i uh (laughs) think you have a fair point it was like we were all told this is why we had adcc and now it's like one million dollars except being um diet dr evil let's just figure (laughs) this out like man i don't think galvo wants to fight you and chasing him around the neighborhood doesn't feel like you're the best way to do it so that'll do it for us tonight here at verbal tap for more do not forget to tune into the grappling hour you can find raf talking to a certain wrestler that's going to take on mr nicky ryan and should be quite enjoyable it's a fun match still we, we enjoy that and do not do not do not wait Go to nogibjjgear.com, enter in verbal tap 15, get the gear that makes you better at jujitsu scientifically. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is